Welcome to Central. I'm Ben Sloan, an ordained United Methodist pastor in the Western North Carolina Conference. My goal with this podcast is to talk about issues that are central to Christianity, my faith, and maybe yours too. At the end of each podcast, I'll ask some questions for you to think about and reflect on. And you can do that as an individual or with other folks, like a Sunday school class, your family, or your exercise buddies. Whether you agree with my points or not, um, I hope that this will be an opportunity for good and enriching thought and conversation. But before I get ahead of myself, to start off each week, I plan to take a scripture passage as a jumping off point to think about different themes in our lives. And this week in particular, as we kick this podcast off, I want to look at a passage from Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet in ancient Israel, and this is his call story, how he came to understand his purpose in life as a prophet. I figure this is a good place to start because I'd like to talk to you a bit today about my call to ministry, and if I might be so bold, your call as well. So now, let me read for you from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Well, the first thing I'll share with you all about myself is that I am not a football fan at all. But as a pastor, I'm certainly around a lot of people who do love the game. And so even though I'm not a fan, I've still learned uh, quite a fair bit about it. And when I moved to North Carolina to be a pastor here, Cam Newton was the Carolina Panthers' new quarterback. And we were both expectant fathers. Shortly after my wife and I moved, we had our first daughter, and Cam likewise had his first son. So I have a quick clip from an interview shortly after his son was born. Fathers can speak on, you know, and you see life come into existence. It's a, it's a wonderful thing, and these past couple of days have been so uh, monumental for me. Uh, took him out for a jog yesterday, he was running alongside me. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. He has a couple of uh, scholarship offers already on the table. Things of that sort. I'm not pushing him to be anything. He's just, he's just a, a super already. 
At another point, Cam Newton said that he decided to name his son Chosen Newton because he didn't want to burden his son with the heavy weight of being called Cam Jr. Now, if that was his goal, I'm not sure why he chose Chosen of all names, but if Cam were to be so inclined, it could be a really cool teaching point for Little Chosen. From a Christian perspective, Chosen really shouldn't be a name with a heavy weight to it. In our scripture today, we hear about the call of Jeremiah, and one of the really beautiful lines is how God tells Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. In Methodist speak, we call that provenient grace. Grace is the unmerited love of God, and provenient grace is how God's grace surrounds us and embraces us before we could ever respond to that love. It's kind of like how I loved both of our daughters before I ever met them. Even when all they'd really done was give their mom nausea and kick her and make it hard for her to sleep, we still loved them. Even when they hadn't done much to merit love, even before they could respond to our love, we loved them. Similarly, it is an unbelievable gift that God claims us and calls us before we even know God. Before we're born, God loves us and chooses us to play a role in building the kingdom of heaven. So I'm not sure if Cam Newton was thinking about it in this way or not, but what he named his son is biblical. Chosen Newton is chosen. We're all chosen. The question is, what are uh, Jeremiah and Chosen Newton and the rest of us chosen for? Words like calling and vocation are things you probably hear more in church than any other place. I grew up thinking that only pastors or missionaries were called, people who worked in a religious capacity. But that's not true. We are all called. Frederick Buechner described calling as our deep joy meeting the world's deep need. The world needs a lot of things. Teachers, good parents, garbage collectors, firemen. Sometimes what the world needs is a few more calm drivers on the road. Or someone to greet others with a smile and a listening ear. Calling doesn't have to be a job. It can be. But for some people, their jobs are the way they make their money to be able to live out their calling. God can call us to do small things that may not take a lot of time or, from our perspective, make a big difference. Anything God wants you to do can be called a calling. I personally feel called to be a pastor, but I also have felt, since high school at least, to be a good husband and father. That too is part of my calling. I have a passion for art, and I believe this world needs the truth that art can point us to now more than ever. If we read on in Jeremiah's story, we learn that a calling may not bear the fruits we expect. 
As I said, I feel called to be a pastor, but for a long time I wasn't sure if I'd ever stand in front of a congregation. There are a lot of steps and requirements to become a pastor in the Methodist Church, and as much as I felt called, I didn't know if the boards that review me would think the same thing. That didn't bother me, though, because sometimes God calls us to something for what we learn or what we do and in trying to accomplish it. I may have never made it to a church pulpit, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't have successfully lived out my calling. Time and time again, it seems like people just ignore Jeremiah in the scripture. If you look in terms of short-term effectiveness, Jeremiah probably felt like a failure. And so with our callings too, sometimes we get confused and define success by an earthly standard. I could have felt called to ministry not to actually be a pastor, but to learn and grow as I started the process. Another important thing to note is that in our scripture passage today, Jeremiah is called to be a prophet. But he doesn't seem completely excited about it. If calling, as I said, is our deep joy meeting the world's deep need, then Jeremiah doesn't seem to be joyful about his calling. He protests. He says he's not qualified. He avoids his calling, and he's not alone. I think that many, many people avoid their callings. Before I went to seminary, I worked in Washington, D.C. for a year as a caseworker. I helped people get their IDs, apply for jobs and benefits, and I worked with people around goals related to substance abuse. It was an incredibly rewarding job, and it taught me a lot. In particular, there was an one older man named Mr. L that taught me many lessons. We didn't get off to the best start, though. When he first came into the office, he strutted in and he asked about applying for food stamps and if he could fake a condition to get disability benefits. Then he proceeded to brag about how he had gained the system in the past and how he didn't have to work. I was initially repelled by his attitude. To my surprise though, Mr. L kept coming. And over the following months, I had the privilege of learning about his life, his struggles, and the history of the neighborhood. After he had been coming for a while, he started asking me about applying for work. He told me he was a house painter by trade, and as he talked about the places he painted around town, I could hear his voice fill with pride. It was then that I realized that what was really going on when, when he first bragged to me about not having to work. He had had so many doors slammed in his face throughout his life that he eventually decided to shut the doors himself. Rather than face the pain of being rejected, he told himself and others that he didn't want to work anyway. He did want to work, though. He wanted to be a painter. That was his calling. That was what he loved. But because he loved it so much, it was that much more painful when he was told he couldn't do it. It was only after he regained some of his self-confidence and saw that there were people and organizations out there to help him succeed 
that he began to dream again of looking for work. Now most of us will never have to face the racism and discrimination that held Mr. L down, at least not to that degree. But I think we can all empathize with Mr. L's situation. You see, our callings are incredibly important to us. And because of their importance, we tend to find excuses not to live them out. We'd rather not try than try and fail. That's what's going on with Jeremiah. It's not that he doesn't want to be a prophet. It's that he's afraid of failing as a prophet. Thankfully, God doesn't accept Jeremiah's excuses. God promises to be with Jeremiah and to give him the words he needs. Likewise, God doesn't want us to settle. We are chosen. We each have important roles to play, helping to build a more loving and just world. God doesn't let Jeremiah say that he's too young to live out his calling. I'd supplement that and say that you, you can't be too old for a calling either. Jeremiah says he's not a good public speaker, but God promises to give him the words he needs. As the saying goes, God doesn't call the qualified, God qualifies the called, and we're all called. You may not have the skills you need for your calling now, but your passion can help you overcome that. God can help you overcome that. Here's another fun fact for someone who is both a preacher and starting a podcast. Public speaking used to terrify me. I hated talking in front of people because I was afraid of embarrassing myself or putting my foot in my mouth. But my desire to be a pastor helped me to overcome that fear, and today I love being able to share the good news of God's love with anyone who will listen, and sometimes even folks who won't. It's hard for me to imagine doing anything that would make me happier. So right now, I want to give you a challenge, something concrete I'd like for you to do over the next week. If you've never thought of what your calling is, I'd like you to spend some time doing just that. I'd like you to think hard about what excites you and maybe even what scares you, what you feel drawn toward. It could be a big, long-term goal, or it could be something small. But I want you to first admit to yourself that those things do matter to you. Then, I want you to tell someone else what you think God is calling you to do. That's the real hard part. But if you tell someone else, they can support you and hold you accountable. If you tell someone you're much more likely to give it a shot. We all have callings. It can be scary to try and live them out, but the promise that God gave to Jeremiah is true for us too. God will go with you. God will empower you to live out your calling. And we're, what we're called to, after all, is what makes our hearts sing. We can't live fully and completely until we're doing what we were made to do. And when we do live out our calling, it is a beautiful thing. We are all chosen. We may not have the name, like little chosen Newton, but we are all called and chosen to make a difference in the world. 
My prayer for you all is that you would acknowledge your calling and accept the challenge of living it out. Thanks be to God who calls and accompanies us. Amen. Now for the discussion questions. Now I've already asked the big one. What is your calling? What are you passionate about? But another question for you is, do you agree that God calls everyone? Or do you think only certain people are called by God? I didn't get into this much in what I was saying, but how can you test whether your calling is real or legitimate? Is that something that's just between you and God alone? Or should other people have a say in what your calling is? How do you weigh the input of others when it may be at odds with your own perception? Those are some of the questions that occur to me, and you may have your own too, but even if you don't, I think that's enough to keep you thinking and discussing for a while. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this, know that I am planning to drop a new episode every Thursday. And be sure to share with your friends and family. And so, as you go throughout your week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, both now and forevermore. Amen.